Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Chicago musician Joey, who is in a million projects, it seems like. Thousands of bands, I, hundreds of I have a things. hard time keeping track sometimes, <laughs> I guess. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. It's a, a cold afternoon, but I, uh, I've got my cup of tea. What kind? Ready to do some talking. Um, it's like this Ayurvedic anti-inflammatory Ooh, tea. Sounds very healthy. Um, that is, yeah, good good for my digestion. <laughs> it seems like you have some very terrible tracks to share with us today. I'm really excited to listen to them. I do. <laughs> They come from uh, different phases of my uh, my musical upbringing, I guess, or exploration. <laughs> um, it was it was kind of funny. I have like a small library of very cringeworthy tracks, so it was like hard to pick. Yeah, well, it's so <laughs> the, the worst of the worst. So good that you but... saved them all <laughs> for this moment in time. Right. <laughs> when did you first start writing music? Um. So I started writing music when I was six or seven years old, actually. I had started taking piano lessons a little bit before then and then would just like fuck around on the piano and my piano Mm -hmm. teacher was like, you should take composition lessons. So I started taking composition lessons and writing like little piano compositions. Um, But I hated it because my teacher would just like, you know, give me exercises as teachers do, I now am a teacher myself and do the same thing. <laughs> you have become <laughs> what like, you hated. This, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but I was like, this isn't me. This isn't my voice. This isn't what I want to do. So I, uh, I quit composition lessons, but would still like write things here and there. And then uh, discovered GarageBand in middle school and, you know, did the thing where I was just kind of putting loops together and then discovering how to record and like my parents bought me like a shitty little condenser microphone so I could record some stuff. Around the time, I also got really into black metal. Mm -hmm. So I was making middle school black metal, (laughs) um, which (laughs) in kind of a a strange way, I think was fitting because like black metal is supposed to sound shitty. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the the right genre for a, a burgeoning garage band songwriter to pick, I guess. I don't know. But... So, yeah, and then I guess just been uh, trying to figure things out ever since, and I don't think that I, I have yet, but, you know, perhaps you'll interview me again in 10 years, and I'll pick tracks from my current era of songwriting. Maybe <laughs> so. I know, that's what I think about that all the time. Like, am I going to look back on the songs that I'm writing now and putting out and think, like, oh, God. I mean, I don't think in the same way, because I think there's, like, a special flavor to, like, your emotions and creations from like middle school and high school that's particularly cringy just because like your brain's not fully formed and you're like coming at it from this like immature point of view so I don't I don't think it would like feel quite the same but you know I think it's still possible (laughs) (laughs) I I like to think that I vibrate slightly higher than I did in eighth grade (laughs) who knows maybe not I don't know Hopefully. Oh, my God. Eighth grade. Right. Wow. What a terrible time. So were you creating all this music just on your own? Were you working with anybody at the time in like middle school and high school? Did you form or join bands? Yeah. So I, I started totally on my own. I had like some tracks where I was 
playing drums. I have other tracks where I was playing keyboard drums, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny because I now like sometimes use a launch pad as part of my live setup. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, that's so cringy, but also I'm like still doing it kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it was mostly on my own playing and recording everything. Um, and then in, I think like sophomore year of high school, I joined my first band uh, we were called Aurora. We were like a metalcore, uh, kind of like melodic death metal band. <laughs> and then I also soon after joined a band with some friends from a different high school, which was a, a is I guess they're they're still making music, um, but that was a Viking metal band. So we had like Scandinavian folk elements. And I I played guitar in the metalcore band, and I played synths in the uh, the Viking metal band. Amazing. Well, we should get into it and listen to some of these, right? What's the, what's the first one you want to listen to? Let's do it. So I, uh, oh God, um, I think we could start with the song called Psalm of Death. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is of the, the black metal era. Um, so I had this, this project called Nephilim Rising, and the Nephilim were like these biblical <laughs> fallen angels. And I got the title from, or I got the, the band name from a behemoth song, I think. But the uh, the tracks were either like very anti-Christian or heartbreak songs. And like sometimes some like weird combination of the two. Love that mix. <laughs> Um, so this track um, also features the uh, ukulele that I had just obtained around this time. I had uh, gone on a camping trip with a close friend and somebody had a ukulele and, you know, played a lot of ukulele. And I was like, what if I made a ukulele black metal song oh, and yeah. made it about how I've feeling my feelings lately? Oh, wow. This is very exciting. So thus, this, somehow the title Psalm of Death comes in there. I, Why not? You know, very edgy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure how it how it all relates. I think lyrically at the time, I I like had a lot of ideas, and that was about like where the sort of curatorial <laughs> process ended. <laughs> all right. Well, let's give it a listen. So uh, a, a feature of this early music was often like a, a long extended intro. And there were like acoustic sections and like heavy parts. I was like super into this band called Opeth. Mm-hmm. Um, they would always kind of like weave these like really long songs in between like softer sections and harder sections. So I uh, tried that myself. So here, here we have my ukulele playing. <laughs> I think this is from like sophomore year of high school. rough takes that got uh, left in there that really seems to be a feature of a lot of people's like old recordings is they would just like leave in their mistakes in these recordings that they that were like yeah. the final thing they put and i don't know what that is just like impatience maybe i feel like that's maybe what it was for me maybe yeah oh my god I lo- yeah here, here we I go love this. <laughs> It's like, imagine being my parents. And hearing it. Just hearing me record these vocal tracks (laughs) in the basement. So was this, like, did you put this out on an album or an EP? Like, is this stuff that you released? 
Um, I just put it all on my MySpace page. Mm -hmm. I would make YouTube videos, and I had like a couple of like one-person black metal project YouTube friends and like MySpace friends. Right. Like all of the the keyboard double bass, like as part of like a standard drum kit keyboard layout, there's often like two kick drum samples. Mm-hmm. So it's just me with like my pointer and middle finger <laughs> trying to play like these <laughs> double bass parts. I think also around this time, I had like figured out how to edit MIDI data on a piano roll. So, like, I would record something and then just, like, like, I think, it's like that kind of drum fill is like, (laughs) all, like, the loudest velocity. (laughs) So amazing. Okay, and then the, the aforementioned acoustic section. Uh, I think I need some singing here. Take my soul. Me far from home. Bad editing. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting to hear one's young voice. I know, it's so strange. Like, yeah, I just had no clue how to sing. strings <laughs> for <laughs> maximum emotive possibilities. Oh yeah. Every big hit was always punctuated with just this, like, rah! Yeah. <laughs> it has to be, you know? It has to be. <laughs> oh my god. Pretty sure I copy pasted that drum fill from earlier. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> I was listening to this earlier to, like, just recall some things. And, like, listening to my lyrics right there, I was like, your soul is a lifeless coil of death, forcefully clutching me into the depths of your heart. Whoa. (laughs) Damn, bro, that's harsh. (laughs) That's some dramatic shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
like there's like an earnest, like an earnestness of like being able to sing that like totally seriously. That is something oh, that feels like so <laughs> unique to like middle school and high school, where you're like, this is the deepest shit. This is the edgiest shit that I've ever right. crea- that has ever been created. And I'm so like I'm a poetic genius. I'm a lyric genius. Like I feel like I felt bad <laughs> about certain things that I wrote. You know, when I was in like high school and it's not true totally (laughs) yeah and like the weird sort of like crossover of influences where i'm like you know listening to just these like you know black metal bands like that has like a very particular lyrical style and then kind of like trying to emulate that but writing about you know sad boy times is like right (laughs) an interesting uh mixed to to go back to definitely okay what's the second one you have for us to listen to okay the second one i have um this is maybe less of like a, a song song but it's called warning so this is like i think senior year of high school and i was starting to get you know brought in my musical horizons and I wanted to make like an ambient noise EP. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, it's like a pretty good memory. Uh, a super good friend of mine at the time and I uh, went on this vacation to Michigan with his family. And on this vacation, we were like, all right, so we're each going to make, make a noise EP. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like summer, it's nice. You know, the parents are going to the beach, and we're like, okay, cool, we're gonna stay inside all day and like work on our noisy peas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, wanted this to be a dramatic piece about societal collapse, uh-huh. um, which I guess is like still an element of my music, so I can't like totally cringe at that <laughs> yet. But I guess it's like the, the execution. Things. Right. Got like scary breathing sounds, dissonant piano. dramatic voiceover i love that this is just like what you decided to do on this vacation was was this yeah it was like a very <laughs> a very good time you know we had oh, a blast yeah, we like of course played a lot of guitar together that like made these noisy beats <laughs> like hard panned kill us all whispers <laughs> there's also this um so we, <laughs> my friend's parents had like rented this like vacation cottage that was just like in a residential area and Sort of in the background of this, I was recording some screams uh-huh. uh, in the closet, and my friend was like, 
Yeah, while well, you were screaming in the closet, like, you know, like our screen door was open, like people were walking by on the street, um, <laughs> looking at our house with concern. <laughs> Don't mind me, just a, a young boy and his noise, noise just being edgy. Yes, very edgy. And the, the project was called Fate of Uncertainty. Mm, also very edgy. So. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you have one more track for us to listen to? Indeed. So the last track is called... Scream Part Two. Mm-hmm. I think I saved the cringiest for last. <laughs> um, I definitely feel some type of way about sharing this publicly, but you know this is the place. Mm-hmm. So the the story behind this one was that I had you know been making a lot of this like metal music in high school, and I had like, a couple of friends who were into it, and like you know nobody paid attention. And I was like, why doesn't anybody pay attention to my songs? And so my friend was like, hey, you should make a pop song. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna make this like ironic pop song um which is like already a cringy motivation to be making a song and some of my classmates seemed to like it and it became like the most popular song that i had written like amongst my peers Uh and so i was like mad (laughs) about that and so i continued trying to produce electronic music and made like a second version a year later because somebody had come up to me and been like, yeah, I like still listen to that song. I was like, oh God, like it's so bad. So I, uh, I made part two. So I guess we should just listen okay, to it. It's okay. It's going to be great. So this <laughs> song is about how good the song is. That's what you wanted to do. Now sit back and relax. This part two, now the story continues My glory ain't finished, dude Before I bid you adieu, what's happened, I'll tell you The song I created, made my followers fixated I'm the dance floor, you made it I gotta <laughs> say, this is, is not what I expected Unfortunately me This is not what I expected, but I also don't know what I expected, so <laughs> What is this? I can't stop dancing Ladies screaming every <laughs> night when they hear. Oh my god, this is so good. Very like Euro. Oh, totally. <laughs> I just like also didn't listen to electronic music at the time and like had no clue where to take it, what sounds to use. Right. So I feel like this is weird like contrast of like my technical abilities were like starting to become honed. But again, just like the whole like. Taste curation is like <laughs> so whack. Can't stop dancing. 
I, I think this is like freshman year of college. Mm. I don't know. I, f- I feel like I was too old to be. No, it's totally like fine. There is some but. shit that I made in college that <laughs> is like horrifying to me now. And not even just freshman year. I mean, there's stuff that I wrote and recorded like junior or senior year where I listen back now and I'm like, oh no, I feel like I, like I was in my 20s. I shouldn't have made that. Oh, thank you for saying so. That makes me feel better. Yeah, no, it's okay. I do still kind of like this part. I mean, it's pretty cool. Listen, I was going to say like this could be this could be a song that was on the radio that was brushed up a little bit. like a specific silly like pop song that was popular a while back that this reminds me of but I cannot think of it so this is not good podcast content because I can't think of what I'm <laughs> trying to reference but if I think of it later I will let you know please let me know I'd be curious to know yeah. I, I basically had like no point of reference except like having overheard like top 40 music and been like this is terrible music right and then and then making a parody of it without really listening to it (laughs) right (laughs) oh that's so great how would you say that your songwriting has changed over the years i think now i have a much clearer idea of what i'm trying to do Mm -hmm. um i think i like on a sort of musicological level, like know the history of certain genres better as well. And like kind of know like where what I'm making sort of fits in. And I guess like I probably would have said, you know, back then, like I know exactly what I'm doing as well. But I don't know. It kind of always feels like in retrospect, you know, I had no clue what I was doing. And yeah, I guess now, especially on a conceptual level, I feel like I'm reaching a place that feels way more genuine. I think like a lot of the early stuff was either heavily influenced by a certain genre or like me sort of appropriating certain things and like thinking it's cool. Like I want to, you know, be a part of this. Whereas I feel like my, my songwriting now feels a lot more genuine. And also kind of along the same time, I was like still writing classical music and then ended up going to college for classical composition. And I don't really do that so much anymore, but I feel like that, training also influenced my songwriting as well mm-hmm. because I like I wouldn't call it of that world but I would say that it's like maybe less traditional cool yeah and who knows in 10 years I might uh I might cringe at <laughs> my current work just as much as I cringe at the early stuff yeah maybe in 10 years you'll be like deeply into making ska music you know uh and we just like never know <laughs> right yeah, I'm. I'll be. I'll be skanking away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I turn forty. <laughs> um, what has the pandemic been like for you, um, creativity wise? Do you feel like you've been able to write music? Do you feel like you've been able to work on things? Yeah, I I've done a fair amount of collaboration. I feel like I always like I'm better at holding myself accountable to collaborators than I am to myself so if somebody's like oh let's work on this thing I'm like great I can like get motivated to do this and it's like me I'm like "Ah, I don't really feel like it I think I I went into the lockdown thinking like oh like yes I'm gonna like utilize this time to like try to be 
artistically productive and like develop a body body of work. And that didn't happen. But what did happen is I learned to like not feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I often was like, why am I not more productive? And now I'm like, the songs will come when they're meant to come. The only person putting pressure on that is myself. So I uh, I feel like I've I've learned that in relation to my songwriting over the pandemic. It's a good lesson to learn. And I think like, I mean, you're definitely not the only person who has said stuff like that. And I think that that's like a really powerful thing to like take back into the world in the future. Like when we have a vaccine and things go back to some mm-hmm. sort of, not really go back, but move forward into some sort of new normal where like, we're not sitting in our houses all the time twiddling our thumbs or we're not like unable to like go out. At least for me, like I want to think about like how can I take some of the things that I have like learned with the pandemic? Because I feel like that too. Like I feel like I have put a lot of pressure on myself generally to like be producing Mm -hmm. content, quote unquote. But it does just seem like feels less important now, which is nice. Because then when, when it does happen, it's like nice and magical. And I'm like, oh, fun. Like, I wrote a thing, but it's not a thing where I'm like, you know, what am I doing? Why am I not like producing more? Right. And there's kind of like a, a, I don't know, writing for writing's sake for myself Mm -hmm. feels kind of purposeless, especially, you know, during slash post civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. like just kind of really putting, you know, all of those like sort of artistic insecurities into perspective and like feeling like if I'm going to do something like I, it really needs to be something that I feel like is is necessary totally so yeah I think it'll be interesting I was just talking with a friend about this sometime in the past week but you know obviously I want there to be a vaccine and I want this to be over but also I'm like a little nervous about what it's going to be like with all of us like sort of re-entering society and like the shock of going back to like some sort of like normal life um it's going to be weird it's be really strange I've totally trained totally trained myself you know out of like not being around somebody (laughs) without a mask or you know like just imagining being at like a house party where people (laughs) are not wearing masks and just like chilling (laughs) right that's that's terrifying like squishing my way up to a bar to order a drink (laughs) I mean I want to I can't wait to have a cocktail at a bar but also I'm like "Mm, people touching people's elbows (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm ever gonna try a friend's drink ever again (laughs) That's fair, you know? That's okay. You probably get less colds that way. That's true. Uh, what have you been listening to lately that you've been liking? Whenever I answer a question about music or movies or any other sort of like favorite type question, my mind just like immediately goes blank. You can totally scroll through Spotify. That's what pretty much everybody does on the <laughs> podcast because everybody else's mind goes I blank mean, too. That's that's a good idea. I'm going to pull up Spotify. Maybe the year-end wrapped still exists. When Whenever anybody asks me that, that's what I do. Oh, my, my top songs. Oh, I um, I really like this producer, Machine Girl. Mm-hmm. Their music is super fun. Uh, their song, Scroll of Sorrow, was my top most played song of 2020. I uh, got really into this... This is dumb. I actually don't know. She's either like French or French Canadian, mm-hmm. uh, but her name is Oklou, O-K-L-O-U. Mm-hmm. Um, she put out an album that I, I really, really liked. It's just kind of like these like sort of cute, intimate uh, synth jams. And then there's a Japanese producer called Mai Tai. I don't really know how to pronounce that either. Not like 
the drink, but mm-hmm. <laughs> M-E-I-T-E-I, um, who produces ambient music that is supposed to evoke the spirit of ancient Japan, which is something that I, I guess, am very into. Just a few selections. Great. Also, also, I really like to listen to Meshuggah when I drive. <laughs> They're like a Swedish metal band. It's fun to have like specific driving music. Some of it's just better for driving. Yeah, I make trips between Madison and Chicago fairly often because I was living in Madison for a bit, like coming to Chicago for doctor's appointments and whatnot. Meshuggah's Catch 33 album is like my album of choice if I'm starting to get tired and like need a, a re-energizing behind the wheel. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find links to Joey's music in the episode description. And you can find us on the internet at Bad Songwriter on Instagram and Bad underscore Songwriter on Twitter. If you're someone who would like to be on the show, please email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, send it to a friend, follow us on social media, all of these things help us out. Thanks. Bye.